Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about piriformis syndrome. We're going to talk about how it differs from lumbar nerve root compression and other differential diagnoses. We're going to also talk about the signs and symptoms. We're going to chat about how to evaluate it. We'll talk about the special tests that we can use to help come to a conclusion that a person has a piriformis syndrome. And we'll talk a little bit about how to treat it. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Maine Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Hello and welcome back. So, piriformis syndrome, you know, this isn't something that you see every day, and, um, you know, it can be easily missed because there are other diagnoses that kind of look like it. Um, They can kind of creep up on you. They don't typically happen all of a sudden unless they follow a traumatic injury. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure that you always think about piriformis syndrome in the back of your mind when you're working around the hip or low back area and you're doing kind of a clearing exam to the lower quadrant. You always want to keep that piriformis syndrome uh, in mind. So let's just go ahead and get started. We'll talk a little bit about the anatomy of the piriformis and why people get discomfort where they get it. Um, So when we look at the origin of the piriformis muscle, it starts at the pelvic surface of the sacrum. So just inside that sacrum is where it originates. It crosses out laterally and attaches to the superior portion of the greater trochanteric uh, region of the femur. And so it helps to externally rotate the hip and abduct the femur, especially when the hip is in the flexed position. It's also a stabilizer of the hip, so it helps to keep that femoral head in the acetabulum uh, well when it's nice and strong. The innervation comes from S1, S2, and so uh, not something that typically you'll see a lot of weakness with with low back issues, but if it, if the problem is low enough, it certainly could cause some weakness in that piriformis region. Now, we we always say that piriformis can look like a sciatica or, or, or lumbar nerve root compression problem, and this is why. There are a couple routes that the sciatic nerve can take as it passes next to that piriformis. So the most common is that the the sciatic nerve passes just beneath the piriformis muscle belly. Okay, 
That's the most common. But we can have a couple other presentations here. Now, that sciatic nerve is made out of two different divisions, the peroneal and tibial divisions. And sometimes that peroneal division can go through the piriformis while the tibial goes below it. Um, the peroneal division can also go above the piriformis. And you can occasionally get both the peroneal and tibial divisions going right through the piriformis muscle. Now those last three are pretty rare. It typ typically though the sciatic nerve passes beneath that piriformis. And what happens? Well, the piriformis can become spasmed. And just like flexing your bicep, when you flex it, the muscle becomes shorter but fatter. And, um, and as the muscle belly gets bigger, it can push on that surrounding nerve structure, which is a sciatic nerve, and can cause a lot of irritation. So not only can you get spasm-type pain from the piriformis, but the piriformis can cause sciatic-type distribution pain, or sciatica. Because remember, sciatica is a descriptive word for pain going down the leg through the sciatic nerve, okay? So you can get sciatica from different problems and different issues. So what are the most common signs and symptoms of piriformis syndrome? Well, number one, pain in the buttock. You can also get paresthesias in the buttock area, so a little numbness, a little tingling in that region uh, also. Now when the sciatic nerve gets irritated enough and the piriformis is compressing on that sciatic nerve enough, you can get pain that goes down the sciatic distribution down the leg. So this is where it can get a little tricky because it can look like a nerve root compression problem, but I'm going to talk to you about how to tease those out in just a little bit. And really, the other big diagnostic tool here is your thumb or your finger. Um, palpating that piriformis, it's going to be exquisitely point tender to touch. Now, there are some people that are tender on both sides and the piriformis is just a tender tissue, or maybe they have some myofascial pain syndrome. You want to make sure that, you know, it's not just that. Um, so compare both sides to see if one is more tender than the other. And if that piriformis is really flared up and it's agitating that sciatic nerve, it might even send a little bit of pain down the leg but typically not all the way down the leg like a nerve root compression would. Um, what are some of the causes of piriformis syndrome? Well, a couple things. Lots of running and overuse. So the muscle just hypertrophies and either it gets inflamed, irritated, and swollen, and that can cause issues. You can have trauma to the area. So you can take a blunt blow to the piriformis region and it becomes swollen and irritated. And you can get this from prolonged sitting also. Um, so when evaluating for piriformis syndrome, not only is palpation important um, and basically the subjective complaints, understanding that, but there are a couple special tests that you can use. And remember, don't hang your hat on any one special test alone. I like to do several of them if they exist and match that up with all of your other findings. So the three tests that we would commonly use for piriformis syndrome, and I'll have some videos for these tests um, in the show notes of the podcast. So the first one would be the, the Freiberg sign, where you basically and easily have the patient laying in a supine position, and you take a hold of the thigh of the affected side. So if it's a right piriformis syndrome, you grab a hold of the anterior thigh right over the quad, and you passively internally rotate the leg. You're going to be stretching that piriformis muscle, and that will increase the pain. Now remember, when you do that motion, you're going to be 
also impinging in the hip a little bit. So it, this is really you know, important that you understand where the pain should be when you do this test. So if it is a piriformis issue, it should be in the posterior lateral gluteal and piriformis region when you do this test. If the pain is in the groin, then we're looking at a whole different problem altogether, probably like an impingement or a labral issue or something like that. Then the next test is called a pace maneuver. Basically, you have the patient sitting on the edge of the plinth or on a table or a, uh, a chair with their hips at a 90 degree position, knees hanging off the table at 90 degrees, and you're basically going to resist hip abduction on both sides at the same time, and that can flare up the piriformis in that specific area. Okay, and then the last special test that we like that we like to use is called the fair test is F-A-I-R, so flexion, adduction, internal rotation. So you take the patient, place them in the sideline position on the non-affected side, and you flex the hip to about 90 degrees. You adduct the hip a little bit, and then you passively internally rotate the hip. So almost look almost like a fader test on the back while they're in the supine position. This is sideline, and you just adduct a little bit and do that internal rotation. That'll also cause some point tenderness, you know, specifically to the piriformis region. Again, if you get groin discomfort, um, this may be some sort of a femoral acetabular impingement type problem or arthritis or something like that. So make sure that you ask the patient where the pain is when you're doing that test. So let's talk a little bit about treating this, okay? Now, I'm all for doing modalities and doing treatment and doing stretching and injections and all this stuff, but we need to remember that they got this for a reason. So if it was an overuse problem, like too much running or an increase in mileage with running, then slowing that down uh, could be helpful. I think evaluating the biomechanics of a, of a person, how they run, you know, if they're flat-footed and they have some genuvalgus and the hip is going into internal rotation every time they bear weight and, and strike the ground, um, that may be something that needs to be corrected so that we're not overexerting in an eccentric way um, in, in regards to you know hip rotation and extension abduction. So you know, take a look at the biomechanics, take a look at foot posture, knee posture. I think that's very important. Core stability is also very important when stabilizing the pelvis. You know, but I, I typically would like, I typically like to start with, you know, modalities such as interferential current, a deep ultrasound, sometimes some uh, deep soft tissue mobilization. I might get in there with some instrument assisted work and just try to get that muscle to relax a little bit. But I'm not going to dig in really deep on a really flared up muscle and cause more inflammation, irritation, and spasm, which obviously is going to cause more irritation to that sciatic nerve too. So I'm cautious about not over-irritating, but we do want to improve the mobility. Now, you need to remember this sciatic nerve is going through a lot of soft tissue as it goes by that piriformis, and sometimes you can get some tethering or some tightness where that sciatic nerve is not sliding very well next to the piriformis. So take into consideration the thought of maybe doing some sciatic flossing. So do some neural tension to see if there's some neural tension irritation there. And then start some sciatic flossing. And I'll add that video into the podcast today also, uh, where I do a little demonstration on how to do this so that people can do it at home. Again, remember, uh, nerve gliding has to be done gently and not too hard. That's very, very important so you don't agitate that nerve any more than it already is. 
People can take nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories to help decrease uh, their irritation to that area. And again, you want to avoid prolonged compression over the area, like maybe sitting on a hard chair or something like that that's causing that irritation. So you may want to avoid that. Now, if people aren't getting better conservatively and you've changed their body mechanics and how they run and how they sit and you've done some soft tissue work and you're starting to work on some strengthening but they're still not getting better, then injections can certainly be helpful. Um, some people will do cortisone injections uh, and or do use an anesthetic and that can help be diagnostic and can also help relieve that discomfort. So that can be helpful. Some other folks out there like to use Botox in the piriformis. So it basically makes that Botox relax significantly. And that can also help with the patient's discomfort if it's an isolated uh, problem like the piriformis itself. But looking at the source, I think, is the most important part right here. So let me just throw out a few tips in regards to the differential diagnosis. An L5 nerve root compression can look like a piriformis syndrome because it can cause pain in that posterior lateral hip area. Um, what you want to remember here is that if you have a piriformis syndrome and you check reflexes, sensation, and dis do distal manual muscle testing, those will all be negative, okay, if you have a piriformis syndrome, but could be positive if you have an L5 nerve root compression. They may also have a, a positive straight leg raise test. Now, you know, if it's a nerve root compression, it may cause some numbness or tingling down the leg, whereas the piriformis will give you more buttock discomfort, okay? The other thing you need to remember is that an intraarticular hip problem can present itself in that posterior lateral aspect of the hip or even lateral side of the hip. So something like a labral tear could look like this too. And then don't forget the good old SI joint dysfunction, okay? It's my worst joint. I totally despise the SI joint. Um, just one of those things. and But I think it, that you need to try to identify if the SI joint is causing the problem. It's, it's not terribly uncommon to have SI joint inflammation, irritation, maybe a little arthritis in that SI joint that flares up the piriformis and can, can cause it to be spasmed and irritated. So don't forget that SI joint. Do a few tests there to see if that provokes that uh, SI joint dysfunction and rule that out. So I just wanted to throw those last three in there because, you know, we want to just think outside of the box when we see something like this. So folks, that is our show today on the piriformis syndrome. If you have any questions, leave uh, the question in the comment section of the show and uh, you know go to the website we have an area there where you can leave information uh, be sure to check out our youtube channel where we have videos coming up all the time and um you know be sure to uh, give us a rating and review if you have a few minutes i would greatly appreciate it go over to your to your podcasting platform it might be apple itunes spotify um, whichever platform you use and uh, do give us a rating and review it really helps uh, get us recognized out there in the world of podcasting. Um, so again, folks, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.